Imagine having a conversation about climate change with someone who knows nothing. Well, someone who isn't a pro when it comes to climate change issues or someone who is just, you know, unbothered about climate change issues. That's exactly what I had on this episode of the Climate Talk podcast. Hey, welcome. My name is Shay Fumi Adebote. It's a special episode of the Climate Talk podcast. My guest is I mean, we call her Queen Rafi, but her name is Rafiat Akinwande. Uh, she knows nothing about climate change. So, <laughs> I imagine what's going on in your head right now. Like, so, what exactly are we about to listen to? Well, it's just me trying to see what a novice approach is to climate change. Trying to have conversation with people who aren't experts, who aren't involved in the field. And just trying to know what it feels like when an outsider years about climate change what comes to their head how do they interpret these issues what do they think they can do differently that's basically what we had on this conversation uh with coin rafiat akinwande if you're joining for the first time i should introduce myself my name is sheifumi adebote i'm the host of the climate talk podcast i've been doing this since january 2019 and it's always exciting to bring you new episodes on the podcast. Uh, many thanks to my friends and colleagues, Olumide Idowu, Jimo Oluato Bishegun, Yazid, uh, Mikhail, and Faith. I mean, this is a wonderful team that brings together the podcast and make it possible for you to hear new episodes uh, every month or as, as, as often as we release them. Feel free to check out the Climate Talk podcast. The website is www.climatetalkpodcast.com. On Facebook, it is at Climate Talk Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you'd find us at Climate Talk Pod, pod with a double D. That's C L I M A T E T A L K P O D D. Exactly. Climate Talk Pod with a double D. You'll find us on Instagram and on Twitter. Engage with us, interact with us, tell us what you think about the podcast. If you want to be a guest, feel free to send us a DM. I can also be reached via email. My email is shayi at climatetalkpodcast.com. Shayi is spelled S-E-Y-I at climatetalkpodcast.com. And I will be happy to reach out to you or welcome you to be a guest on you know subsequent episodes of the Climate Talk Podcast. So if you're ready... Let's get into it. Let's see what it feels like having a conversation with a non-climate activist or a non-climate oriented person telling us about climate change and a perspective of what she understands when it comes to climate change. I really do hope you enjoy this podcast and it can somehow shape how you approach people when you talk about climate change. My name is Rafiat Akiwande. Most people actually do know me as Queen Rafi and I am a podcaster, I'm a voiceover artist, I'm a radio addict. Um, I host my own podcast, it's called Queen Rafi Space Podcast. It is a personal journal where I basically just talk about things that I have learned, things that you know I find interesting and sometimes just the random thoughts that come into my head. So yeah, that's it. Great. I, I think it's also worthy to mention that Queen Rafi has sort of put a structure around on a framework around bringing together podcasters in Nigeria, 
and seeing that we can exchange knowledge and um, share best practices. And I must say kudos to you for that. Thanks. You just had to put me out there in the open. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, who will? <laughs> Abby, yes. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, you know, this is the Climate Talk podcast and what we do is talk about climate change, climate action, climate finance, climate policy, and other environmental scope. But, I mean, from, from Rafi's background, you can tell clearly that she isn't anything close to climate. Uh, so, this conversation is pretty much a non-professional, a, nev- um, a novice approach or view of climate change. So, Kunrafi, tell me, when you hear climate change, what comes to mind? Um, when I hear climate change, I think of the fact that uh, the climate or the environment, so to speak, is beginning to change from in a way that is not the usual... Um, uh, what's the word now? That is not the usual thing that we have been used to, you know? Because grow, grow, um, growing up, you're used to a particular period of months being a particular way as regards how the weather is like you can even anticipate oh between this period and this period the weather is going to be this way between this period and this period the weather is going to be this way when i hear about climate change what what comes to my mind as a you know novice about environment is the climate is beginning to bring up new you know patterns that experts are yet to understand and you know maybe there is a reason for that Hmm. Now, as an individual, do you think it has, I mean, this change you talked about, do you think it has, have you felt it? Have you experienced it? And what do you make of it? This is quite an interesting question to ask because we have moved in Lagos in three days to three different types of weather in three days. We had rain uh about three days ago and two days ago we had really hot weather it almost felt like it did not even rain the day before and then we woke up yesterday and everywhere was back to hamatan and i'm like what is happening here like why can't we just have something stable it's like you can't even plan your life my whole house is filled with dust right now from the emergency hamatan that just started happening yesterday and also in um how would i call it in december i think for the last two decembers now that i've been in lagos usually i'm used to december being like the month for hamatan but the last two decembers now you you come into december and you keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting maybe you get a glimpse of it maybe once twice but that's it you don't really have anymore and even my parents who stay in the north the north is really used to having very very harsh hamatan weather like once december november december sets in you know you have to get your socks together you know you have to start wearing all the big clothes and not carrying what kind of um outfit you're putting on but i'm speaking to my folks in kano and they're telling me ah rafi the weather is still hot in december i'm like how is that possible it's supposed to be hamatan i mean i can understand if lagos is not getting it i don't understand how i've never really studied lagos weather to know I've only been here for a while, so I really don't understand what their weather is like. But for us not to now have, you know, the usual hamatan I'm used to in a place I'm used to their weather, it's kind of very strange. So for me, 
that is just telling that okay whatever they're talking about this climate change or in case you are being deaf to it this might look like what the case is and i must say i can tell you what it should be like especially in the southwest like lagos open state you don't see rain in february come on <laughs> that's very unusual i must say and december is always you know dusty and dry and very a little bit windy so for this to happen i think it can help the layman to see to have some um, clear knowledge of what it is uh, when it comes to the change in, in climate change in weather weather pattern great thank you for that for that insight now let's uh, move on to um to talk about what you think i mean if there is a problem of course there should be a solution so i'm wondering what are your thoughts around what could be possible ways to address this change in climate and, and all that it is for us hmm. i think we just have to be um for me i think we have to be responsible also because um but responsible first of all comes with education like you said i really do not have any background in environments the only thing i have closest to knowing that there was something that we needed to do as individuals for us to be responsible for the environment came uh in the form of a course i took in the university it was just a one semester extra course and this woman sort of put it upon herself i don't know if she does that to all her classes <laughs> she just felt you know made sure that every class we went to she tried to tell us the effects of waste and how you know the little things we did in our lives were sort of contributing to the bigger picture of making the earth sick that was how she put it to us so if that's not the right thing sorry for the experts in the house um she he said making the earth sick so i think one thing we can do is to be responsible how can we be responsible for me i'll say you know let's try first of all to even be uh be conscious of how we use waste in our own environment yeah some people just you just dump your waste anyhow you just use your waste anyhow you don't even care whether you drop it on the roadside you feel like even if i drop it there if i not drop it there someone else will drop it there but the thing is if you don't drop yours there and uh, that is one less person affecting whatever it is that is going on so i think that's one thing that we as human beings can first do and then another thing that we don't really take serious in this part of the world is how we just cut down trees anyhow I don't know how much of a um how much of impact we as human beings can have as regards that but as citizens can have as regards that but you can try to in your own personal space not just look at a tree and say ah i'm cutting this thing down this thing is looking somehow because those trees from my little research are some ways of actually making sure that we have you know a better you know, a better environment sort of i don't know how that works but a better environment sort of another thing i think that people are beginning to get into which is nice is you know planting and wanting to you know have plants in their environment and stuff just to be able to detox all of the um bad toxins and whatever we have in the environment i, I think yeah more people should should also get into planting there are some really easy plants that you can have in your house i mean i have been planting aloe vera for years and i found that it's like not time consuming at all very easy to take care of don't, doesn't really have stress i think for me those are some of the things that i think are really important and as a people we have seen how much 
we are going through it now. I mean, if you've been following the news, you will hear of Texas, you know, having like a snowstorm or something. So we know for sure now that the experts are not just lying to us. There is definitely something wrong and we need to start doing something. So in your own little space, like I said, you know, manage your waste well, try to get these plants. Don't just, if you have the power to not just fall down trees, anyhow please try not to do it because you find a tree in a place the, the tree is doing well you go back there something and that ah, is obstructing something something so um that and um i wanted to say one more thing and, and i'm trying to remember what i wanted to say yes raise more conversations about it on all our social media platforms raise enough conversation about it such that our governments feel the need to do something about it because uh speaking to you know, um, Cheyi on a, a, a segment of my podcast sort of made me realize that if we don't have policies in place, we're really just going to be going around in circles. And the only way we can force pol- policies to take place is to actually talk about them, just like we talk about everything that we're passionate about, just like we talk about sports, just like we talk about reality shows that we watch. We need to also raise conversations about the environment on all of the social media platforms. If we make enough noise about it, the government will be forced to look at it. So that's what I think. Interesting. Now that sounds more like a professional speaking. It doesn't sound like a novice. <laughs> Maybe I got some expo when you were on my podcast. <laughs> But yeah, I, I could just put it in context for some other people listening. The reasons why um, tree planting has been emphasized is because it sort of absorbs all the carbons in the air. So if there are emissions from transport sector, from agriculture sector, from you know different sectors, um, do we just leave the emissions, the pollutants to be flying around in the air and then mixing with the oxygen and they would just take it in and then have, you know, all of the lungs and the cancerous and the, um, health issues that, that is related to air pollution? Of course not. And so tree planting is like the simplest way to see that this carbon has been absorbed from the atmosphere and then we could have cleaner and the trees also produce oxygen that we get to breathe. So the more trees around us, it means the better the quality of air around us. Uh, and also, I think I agree with you that there is a need for us to raise conversations. And these conversations should not just be among experts. This is one mistake that I have seen uh, happen, and I'm trying to um, you know, work around it. This is one mistake that I have seen. Um, we want to talk about climate change and environmental issues. And we bring into the room or into the virtual space people who are fast in these areas already. Uh, how about people who do not know about this? Who is talking to them about this? Who is seeing them as important stakeholders and getting their own view about it? Um, someone in, in someone whose line of work is finance, for instance, does not need to know so much about the environment, but can give some, um, some financial advice that can help, you know, shape the environment if they are if they are in the know if we push this message out to them as as much as we can so i really do agree with you that conversations are important not just among those who are experts in the field but even among novice people who do not know about climate change the impact or the importance so that said um another thing i i thought we could talk about is 
how can we you know you made reference to um what is happening in texas and then the amatan in nigeria but there's also been this conversation around why um people in the western part shouldn't care uh and then people in you know developing countries have been affected do you see i mean do you feel any um any rift between who should address climate change uh i mean to put it in context people in the countries like nigeria african continent part of asia they suffer the brunt of this on the other hand they do not emit so much but there's been conversation about who should take the lead in addressing climate change and i'm wondering if you have any thoughts around that hmm. i mean from your novel um, point of view so to say who do you yeah um in addressing climate change um you know every time that the conversation of environment climate change comes up it always takes my mind back to the elective class that i talked about and forgive me for that because that was my first that was like me being reborn into the whole environmental thing that was my that was my that was my how like put it my bed's eye view to what the um what the whole environmental issues were and i remember her saying that most of the times these people produce their waste and they're looking for somewhere in africa and an asian countries to dump them i don't i don't know what the technical terms that she used that time was but she had put it that way so when it comes to conversations about who should be responsible for this i don't think there should be a difference between um whether it's those in the abroad um, in the i wanted to say in the abroad whether it's those overseas or those in african and asian countries i think that every single person from every single country continent has a role to play for example we in africa and asia we are the ones who are suffering the brunt of everything even though like you said we're not emitting so much or we're not dumping most of our waste the way that their own what i've forgotten the term she used for this thing anyway she we are not doing that they're the ones coming over here to do that we are the ones suffering the brunt so we owe it to ourselves to keep talking about the fact that this thing is affecting us so we need to find a solution we need to look for other ways to deal with all of these things that are happening and then those people who are overseas to a very large extent they do way better than some asian and african countries so it is their own duty to bring money for research bring money for fund um give funding for us to be able to address some of these things bring funding for education so that people understand what is going on and then we that were here we need um, that were here in africa and then asian countries in my opinion we need to continue talking we can't just stay silent and say eh, since we now have money to address it we don't have money to do this you know let the people who are abroad who are the ones who maybe contribute like 70% of this problem actually face it the truth is we are also suffering from it so we have to keep talking about it so if i was to divide the um the responsibilities i'll say africa asia it is your job to keep raising conversations to keep to, and we have the numbers right so keep talking about it keep applying pressure on every international organizations that are working in your environment in your communities and then those abroad who are the ones who have these international um, organizations that are you know contributing to how much of um emission we're putting out into the air it is your job to fund the researches it is your job to fund you know if there's they need, there's need for a clean up somewhere it is your job to fund the education for three planting for um that as entertainment for environmental um 
you know safekeeping something like that it is their job because they have a more um they are higher on the economical ladder right so it is their job to actually raise the money and all of that to help in this because at the end of the day if we say oh just one person will do this and then the rest of us can go to sleep it's funny to me because we are all on this same earth together if we keep thinking that all of these things happening overseas will keep happening there and we will not say anything and miraculously we're going to be fine i think that's a joke to me because we know how the earth is is we are looking at it like it's a big place but at the end of the day it's like a very small space so before you know what's happening it's going to get to you it's like how i was hearing about coronavirus being in china and for the life of me i don't know i was probably naive i felt ah china china doesn't it so far like why would coronavirus get to nigeria like china is so far away like before you would get here probably take like a year i was mistaken less than two months after coronavirus was full-blown in nigeria and we are still suffering from it so it's it's very funny if you just assume that eh, it's just there it's just texas that has snowstorm mm, let's just leave it there we'll be fine i don't think we're going to be fine we all need to do it but what responsibilities we take are going to be different Great. So two more questions and we're done with this. First, I, I was wondering if you've seen some commendable um, response, some commendable responsibilities that people around you have taken and you want to share with us. Yes, I have. I, I wish you sent me this question. Shall I have been able to get their name now? <laughs> oh, God. I wish I had the names. I have seen some companies in Nigeria that do um, recycling. Oh, I, I feel so sad that you didn't send me these questions because I would have loved to have their names, you know. There, there is this, and I, I see them on Instagram, I think. There, there's this particular company that I see on Instagram. Ah, I'm, I'm, me, I don't want to call a wrong name. <laughs> Let me see if I can uh, see a little. I know there is I think, class. I think it's Pearl something. Pearl it's something. Pearl Recycling, great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pearl, Pearl absolutely. Pearl Recycling, I really love what they do. I think I've been following them for years now. I really love what they do, trying to um, recycle um, um, everyday things that we see into really amazing furniture, things that we can reuse in the house. I, I think for me, the, the one of the most beautiful ways that I've seen people try to address, you know, the what is happening with the environment and the climate change has been recycling. I don't know why, but recycling makes me truly happy whenever I see it. And it's just like, how amazing is it that you take this thing that we don't even care about anymore and you turn it into something amazing? Like um, the pair of recycling I'm talking about, they actually take like used tires of cars and then they turn it into like beautiful furniture and you see them and if they don't tell you that it was actually made from you know tire the uh, car tires you would you would doubt that it was ever made from tire um car tires i really love that i think there's also another company i see on twitter what they do is take ghana goals and i think um sachet water and turn them into bags and footwear if i'm, if I'm correct mm. uh, yeah i i planet 3r Kind of three are a few of them so maybe yeah there are a few of them so I, i've also seen that on on on, on twitter uh, uh, as well and i think i've come across a particular artist as well that was using like you know cover caps to actually create art 
and I felt like that was also really ingenious for me. I would, I would, like I said, recycling is one way that I have really admired when people do that. Because for me, it's like you take this thing that we call waste and you turn it into something amazing. It's, it's always, it, it always floors me. I used to follow Pearl Recycling. Sometimes when I was still very active on on my personal Instagram page, I would spend. 30 minutes just going through what they're doing, how they're addressing, you know, using stuff from recycling. It used to really make me happy because I feel like the, if we keep, um, we, we, we talk about, you know, climate change and everything. And for the average person like me, it's always like, okay, yeah, I've talked about all these things. You have said it. I've bagged my debt. I've tried to be, you know, as good as I can to the environment. What more can I do? So when you see people taking all of these things, that we think is waste and turning them into gold sort of it makes me happy and for me recycling would be the best one of well, not the best but one of the beautiful ways i have seen people try to address it another thing that i have also noticed i think i noticed that during the nsas protest was um, the volunteer group that did pick the trash i think pick that trash or pick the trash I don't know which of the name it pick is. They also, yes, pick that trash. They were also picking up deaths that people have left, left behind during the protest, cleaning spaces. And that for me was amazing because we we so much take advantage, we, we take for granted how much this little, little waste that we drop on the roadside actually contributes to draining, um, blocking the drainages, leading to flood. We, we take it so much for granted until the flood now happens. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah how did this flood happen here you contributed to it <laughs> you know so i i really love what they did during the NSAS protest another thing another um organization i think i've really i've also seen on social media and i've admired from afar which i would have probably joined them one of these days but going out in lagos is always hectic for me is the people who do the beach cleanups I also find that very fantastic. The groups that volunteer to clean up beaches. I mean, you see before and after pictures and you are just, you know, really amazed. My first time on the beach with, with, with my husband, I made sure that all the trash that we, we took it back home. Because I was like, I want to make sure I'm making these people who ever come here to say they want to do a beach cleanup, do one less, spend one less minute. Even if it's one minute they'll take in picking my own trash, let it be one less minute, you know? So yeah, those people who also do um, beach cleanups, wherever it is you are, if you listen to this, um, thumbs up to you, you're doing amazing. And thank you for being responsible while you're waiting for all of us to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say you are catching up already. And that's the, that, on that note, I want to ask the last question and then we'll close this, we'll wrap, wrap, um, wrap up on this conversation. We're waiting for other people to catch up. That's what we say and that's the truth. So in a simple, in, in the simplest of terms, because you know, I told you, you feel, I mean, it feels like you are now a professional. But in the simplest of terms, how do you define climate change to someone who has not heard about it before? Let's say a five-year-old child or someone who's lived in the village all his life and you want them to understand that, hey, climate change is real. And um, how do you convey that to them in the simplest of terms? Hmm. Ah, this one, eh? Because I'm not a teacher and I don't exactly like teaching people. <laughs> but... Well, let's see. Um, I think the first thing I would use, thankfully, or should I say, thankfully and unfortunately, the weather these days is giving us really simple examples. (laughs) 
so i think for me i would just tell the person it's, it's like this it's like if you're used to going to a place every monday and picking up um and picking up say oranges for example if you're going every day and you're picking up oranges and you are not doing anything to keep the place where you're picking your like you're picking up oranges you're done with your oranges you leave the pills there and you go and every day, every Monday, you keep going back and, you know, you're putting your, you're picking your oranges and you're leaving the pills and you go. You're, you're not cleaning up the place. You're doing that. There comes a time where when you go back there, in order to get to your orange, you're going to have to sift through all of the dirt there. And chances are all of the dirt that you've, you know, accumulated in that place will probably not even make your oranges grow or make you find your oranges in time. Or maybe you might even find your oranges in a rotten state. So basically, if we keep dumping all kinds of stuff in our environment without a care in the world for how they're going to decompose or how they're going to get to their last, uh, last stage of life, we are affecting where we live. And if we are affecting where we live by all these, you know, weather changes that we are having right now, what that is going to do is impact things like planting. Like, and when I'm talking about planting, it's like the tomatoes you get in the market, the rice that you get in the market, the yam, all these things are planted. No matter how far technology has gone, we still have to plant it. <laughs> Regardless of how it has gone, we cannot manufacture most of everything that we eat in the lab. We still have to plant it. And if farmers cannot rely on a steady calendar, there is no way for them to actually produce something for us that would be enough. And what that would do for you is things are going to go up because the few that they will be able to get, of course, they want to maximize profit on it. So if they were charging you 200 naira for a tuba of yam before, now that we've poured all these orange peels and they cannot get to the orange and they don't understand what the, you know, because you might probably go to that place where you poured all your orange on a Monday, you sieve through all the dirt and you will not find the orange and you probably have to go back on Wednesday. That has spoiled your pattern. So if they cannot rely on that pattern anymore, what happens is they would want to capitalize on it when they are able to get any produce. And you as a person in the village, you as a child, it means that if your mom was getting chocolates for you at 200 naira, because cocoa now is very unpredictable to plants, and if they finally get it, it's like, hey, thank God, oh, your mom is probably going to be getting you chocolates at 500 naira. So if you're getting like two bars, she'll probably be getting you one bar. And you in the village, if you were getting your basket of tomato for 2,000 naira, now that the farmer is just planting things and fasting and praying that the weather doesn't act, act up on him, Best believe that if he gets his produce, your basket of tomato might just jump up to 4,000 naira. And that continues to affect so many other aspects of your life. So I think that's like the very complicated slash the best way I think I can explain it. It reminds me of when uh, Onions was selling for, I mean, 10,000 naira per basket and everyone was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I- and then it became gold. At a point, it was tomato yeah that happened at the time and then about i think it was last year it was onions mm. that's right that's right absolutely and I, I like that you sort of approach it from an angle that everyone can relate with i mean who doesn't eat everyone does <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 
the truth is climate change is really impacting uh, the quality and quantity of food that we get. And that's why there's a lot of conversation around food security, which is a topic for another day. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Queen Rafi. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been really incredible listening to you, having you share your knowledge with us. And for me, I think this can very um, clearly resonate with people who are not professionals. They can relate to every word you've said. And I really want to say thank you again for making our time to be on this episode of the Climate Talk podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Shay. It's always amazing to talk to you, and I'm glad I was here. And just in case you are wondering how I knew some things, Shay was on my podcast and gave me some expo and exposed my mind a bit. So yeah, thank you for that as well. <laughs> Many thanks. Thank you so much. I hope you would enjoy the rest of your day. I definitely will. Thank you. Really interesting. Thank you so much, Queen Raphael, for being a guest, for sharing this knowledge with us. It's so inspiring to hear. Um, I mean, it, it's it's quite, how do I put it? It's interesting, you know, <laughs> to hear about how you think about climate change despite not being in the field. It means this probably is how a million and one other people who are not oriented about climate issues think about the issues and it also helps those in the field to understand how to approach these issues how to understand these issues and how to communicate these issues also so thank you again queen rafiat for being a guest a wonderful guest at that good storytelling you, you've got uh, and to you the listener thank you so much for your time it's been i hope it's been worth your time listening to this podcast listening to our interaction and tell me what exactly? I mean, the first question I asked her, what comes to your mind when you hear about climate change? I want to hear from you. What comes to your mind when you hear about climate change? Remember, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Climate Talk Podcast. We're also on every platform where you find the podcast, uh, Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, what have you you'll find the Climate Talk podcast. There. Just search for Climate Talk podcast. And feel free to send me an email. It's shei at climatetalkpodcast.com. Uh, shei is spelled S-E-Y-I. I like to say that because people think it's S-H-E-Y-I. It's really exciting doing this episode and I'm very much looking forward to the next episode. I hope you are too. Until then, keep taking climate action and do all you can to make the world a better place. It starts with people like you and I.